Okay, that's pretty good. So what the fuck are we doing? Um, I can't remember what you... Five ways to start your writing career like a professional. Like a boss. Like a motherfucking boss. I feel like we need mics that come up from underneath between your legs. <laughs> Do anything that might just get more in the way. <laughs> Penis shaped mics. Yeah. I want I want I want mics like the old seventies game shows that are oh. real, real long but pencil thin. Like you hold from the waist. Yeah, it's gotta be like almost touching your wiener area and it just goes all the way up. Like Drew Carey still uses those. Does I he? I think in the press is right, yeah. I think he's that still That show's still on there? Yeah, it's still on. I watch Jeopardy once in a while. I hate Wheel of Fortune. You think with the writing, I would like Wheel of Fortune? I fucking detest it. You know what I kind of like? I kind of like, let's make a deal for some stupid reason. I just, I think it's because, like, normally with let's make a deal, you can normally get away if you're not too greedy with a decent prize. (laughs) And then whenever they fucking go for the big one, they just get that fucking zonk. I'm just like, ha ha! Fuck you! Loser! You should have took the five grand, you dickhole. You greedy ass face. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't remember the last time I watched Let's Make a Deal. I mean, the only time that I ever saw him was uh, in the break room, so... It's not like I'm at home watching it. Was it just me or in the old days at the break room, they used to have good channels? Yeah, it was just the TV that worked. I remember we used like we watched the Super Bowl there one year. Yeah, what the fuck happened? I mean, I think they it used to be like South Park or Family Guy was on, and then all of a sudden it was just like true TV and real TV. Probably because that's what they could get for like free. Cheap assholes. Yeah. All right, let's hop into this episode. Right. Let's go over these points real quick. Okay. Five is start doing freelance work. Four. Do you have it up on your phone? No. You might want to do that. I'm you listen- fucking. I'm what? what a fucking jabroni making me do all the work. Yeah. I thought this has been established. It's right? just like that fucking drug business we tried to run out <laughs> of your basement. Eating up all the products. Well, it's what we get when we're trying to sell Candy Rocks as meth. Four is submit to fiction magazines. Three is start a blog. Two is self-publish. One is join a writing group. I hate all these because I don't remember writing them. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't this an article that you did? Probably. Hey, how's everyone doing? You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, is Spencer, the Okinawa Orgy Organizer Church. What can I say? I'm all about the organization. Let me ask you this. When you go about organizing an orgy, how does that work? Um, Where do you start? Females. Females? Females, because, I mean, that's that's the draw. So you, you got to make sure you have good good females. And then... You have to have a good female-to-male ratio in yeah. an orgy. What, what if it's a gay orgy, though? I don't. You don't partake? No. You're organizing. You're not partaking, right? Well, no. Or are you doing a little both? Well, it depends on the party. <laughs> I think we'll just leave it at that. That's how, that sounds like that would get really disgusting very fast. Today's episode is about not orgies. Unless you guys want to talk about orgies. I'm, if we had like a live feed somehow where we can have people commenting as they're listening, 
then I'm sure the episodes would get a lot more interesting. Yeah, well, I can see us going down some weird uh, alleyways with that. Yeah, a lot of dark, dirty alleyways. Brown. So we're going to go over the five ways to start your writing career like a professional. Like a boss. Yeah, I think that's, in hindsight, you sh- that's what you should have the title be, like a boss. Like a boss. That Yeah, that would be better. I tried to sound professional. Mm. And I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I did that. I wrote this article. What was the, let's check the date here. December 10th. So that's not that long ago. Mm. A couple months. I don't remember writing this at all, but it seems like some of this is legit advice. If we just dive right in, number five is start doing freelance work. I actually have experience in this. Yeah, you did this even before you you did that even before we had the website and everything up. That's kind of what reinvigorated my enjoyment of writing because I wrote when I was young and I never took it seriously, so I never really looked into being consistent or anything like that. And then when I was in my 20s, I wanted to write, but I really didn't know necessarily how to get back into it. I mean, do you just start telling stories and how the fuck do you get people to listen? One thing I always wanted to do was get paid to write, which is kind of yeah, every yeah. most most writer's goal. And so I started doing like freelance work. And not only did that spark my love for writing again, but it gave me a lot of useful, like working with different editors and stuff. I learned a lot. So that actually benefited my personal writing and kind of got me where I am now because that's how I learned how to do all the website shit, like different editing and formatting structures and things like that. So we Yeah, yeah, cuz I know whenever we first started like you took the reins on all that because you like you just said I've had, you know. Well, even like our managing uh like our managing apps and stuff we use and our uh social media manager, like we use Trello for uh to set up the site and post and things like that. I learned all that through just different freelance work and jobs I did because I worked with hundreds of other writers. So you kind of had to either learned and kept up with them or you got fired. Yeah. Granted, it's freelance work. So it's not like you're getting paid a lot anyway. I mean, sometimes you can do contracts for like one to three months or something, but usually it's just like a buy article or buy piece, uh, piece kind of standard. Well, but Hey, if you do enough of those though, to help, you know, you might not be able to get paid a whole bunch, but if you do enough of them, you know, not only is it good practice and work, but, you know... Well, it definitely adds up. I mean, I was making a few grand from just, like, the articles alone every mm-hmm. year. You know, just whenever I felt like doing it. And I, I was pretty consistent with those for about three years. I mean, that paid for a lot of... I, I bought a lot of dumb shit with yeah. that money. I got bought an MMA training dummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck, you, you see my room. You see just random shit I have lying around that I didn't need. That was, that was also my... uh. Like Comic Con money, yeah. I just go, just whip out hundred dollar bills for no reason. Well, like you, you act like you spend anything at any of the conventions. What the fuck am I gonna buy? They don't hardly ever sell comics at those things anymore. True enough. That's why I like to focus on the artwork. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I guess if you have good artists, uh, depends which ones you go to. They go yeah, like, uh, Steel City in Pittsburgh. What am I gonna buy? A fucking Thor's hammer shaped dildo. Yeah. I mean, you've been wanting a Thor's hammer for a while, and if it's shaped like a dildo, that's just win win. True. Now, the pro- would the handle be the dildo? Oh, of course. Okay. I mean, the other end, though, <laughs> you work your way up to it, the big square. <laughs> it's got rounded edges. The problem with the Thor hammer is I want a real Thor hammer, not what? a fucking plastic no, one. No, remember that one guy did have a Thor hammer that was, like, hard to pick up. I would have bought it if I didn't have to carry around a fucking <laughs> Thor hammer. What convention was that? It was one of the ones we didn't have a hotel room at, I think, right? 
Was it? Was it one of like the smaller ones? Was that uh No, I could have sworn it was a Wizard World one because whichever was it Pittsburgh? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's because I couldn't buy it because my brother was with us. That'd yeah. be Pittsburgh, and I think we did. We take the T in. No, we drove. I drove. We man. drove. I guess I could have bought it then. I don't fucking know. Maybe I was a broke bitch back then. I don't remember. I'm baller now. Baller. You sell enough semen, you get... <laughs> you, make, you make that money. Enough semen and blood can get you a long way. Not together. <laughs> so we were covering freelance writing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ew, would that go... Man, we got mental... We probably should just rename this show, too. Just drunk podcast. Like, just get rid of the pen writing part. The bad thing is it's not even like there's a lot of drinking going on for doing either episode. Like, so could you imagine if we each threw back a couple? Like a, like a drunk cast episode? Yeah, like an actual drunk cast episode. Yeah, we usually only have one or two drinks during the, the podcast itself. But that's just because we want to make some sense. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> to, to get back on track a little bit, like a good, you know, I saw talk about professionalism and how to build your writing career. Freelance work is a great way to do it just because... It gets you out there, get your name out there, and it gives you experience writing, like, depending on what you want to do. You can write in genres or different things that you're not used to. So, it expands your writing ability. For instance, I had to write a lot of fitness articles, but I wrote, like, medical articles and, like, shit I didn't even care about. And I had to, re- you know, you do research and almost like journalism on some of them. Because yeah. unlike a lot of people, I at least took mine seriously for the most part. The funny thing I did find out, though, is the ones you take most serious and you do the most work on go nowhere. But the yeah. ones where I'm just writing stupid shit and just winging it, those went viral. And it helps just even, you never know, you know, who will see your name and what, like, you know, it helps to have your name, you, you know, out in, like, the fitness stories, you know, journalism, you know, the more different genres you can get your name out there. Well, you also build connections, too. Like I said, like some of the editors I worked with, like, I'm still friends with them. I could talk to them here and there. And uh, when they have work come up, sometimes they'll ask me, hey, I'm working on this project. You want to jump aboard? Usually anymore, I don't want. I don't really care about doing that stuff. But just having those connections, for instance, if you build, a, like, enough of them, you, you know, say one of your editors goes and ends up working for a major magazine. Yeah. And fuck, they know you do good work. They might recommend you or help, you know, throw a job opening your way before it's actually available and you get first dibs. Just different things like that. Uh, that that could take you a long way. Number four, submit to fiction magazines. This is one where I just fucking strike out at. I don't know if my cover letters suck or if I'm just... I will say one of my main problems, uh, most fiction magazines, probably all fiction magazines, they want you to buy a copy of the... Like, get familiar with the magazine yeah. before you submit to it. And I never do that. So I don't know exactly what these magazines look for. And usually they have some kind of theme and I'm not the best at working with a specific theme if I'm not feeling it. So I might find a project that sounds cool, but halfway through I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So I just kind of bail out. But if you do get put like that kind of goes with the freelance work, just having your name out there, you get into like smaller, um, smaller publications. Not only does that help with your portfolio so you could show people, Hey, I've been publishing this, this and that. When you submit to bigger magazines, they see you're already published in these other ones. They will take you more seriously. Yeah. The hardest thing for most writers is when they're unpublished trying to break in. Once you get established, you can write fucking dog shit and people will maybe publish it in a better magazine just because you have a name. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I've read uh, more mainstream authors in different literary magazines, and the fucking story was terrible. But they probably phone like a Stephen King might get in a magazine. He's not giving his A well, work to it. Well, I mean, that's like, um, you see kind of like that a lot in like uh, comics. Like, once you kind of break in, and if you can get a, you know, a little bit of following and your name out there, like, it's easier. Yeah, it's and then even one of your work might be subpar. There's a chance that you can still get a job because at least in that field, it's like you got to find somebody you know to do this title, and you know you don't have a lot of. A lot of it comes down to name recognition, because I mean I don't know about you, but a lot of times if I'm reading like a magazine or if I just see like an article. I usually will skip over it unless I see a name I recognize or yeah. like an author I read, and I and I see that I'm oh shit you know what I'm gonna check this out even if like for instance if we go with Stephen King all the time even his like uh, not Joe Hill his other son Owen oh, Hill yeah. like if I saw his name attributed to like an online store or something I would probably read it just, just because it's the name yeah it's like and I honestly I mean I've read. I think a short story of his before, but I've never actually read like one of his novels or anything. He only has one or two, but, and then he has one with his dad. But if he had, like I said, if he had something out there just because it's Owen, Owen King, well, you know, I'll check it out. See, it might be worth something. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's good, but you give it a chance just because of the name recognition. That's the hardest part, but that's what you have to do is just build your name up. Once you get to a certain amount of followers, even if it's like a hundred followers, at least you know people are reading your work and then... Just you could grow from there, but when you start from nothing, that's the hard part. Yeah, and then because you'd have to think like, think you're saying you get those hundred people. There's a good chance that those hundred people also are like friends with people who enjoy and like reading, and they might, you know, you might get one of those two people to recommend you to another two, two or three people, because I forget what the number is, but isn't there like a saying like if you can get like. I think it's like four or five thousand people to like, to like follow you and like support your like support your work. I thought you, it was like five hundred. I don't think it's that many. Really, I I can't remember what the number is. Uh, I just always say like I think I've heard Kevin Smith say it a couple times like you know you get such and such a number and to like kind of support you and now we're like you know either do to if you got a Kickstarter or buy like a book you put out or something like that. You might not be able to live off of it, but you're able well, to like we always said, if you support get, yourself a little bit. If you got like five hundred people to buy your book at ten bucks a pop, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. That pays for all the cost of editing and anything. like that's if you're self published. But that cost you know, marketing it covers all the cost of everything, promoting the book and then you still get a chunk of change back. And then like I said, you could just grow from that. And uh, that's kind of why we started Drunk and Pen Writing in the very beginning is just to get, like, have, have a, a platform. Have an outlet. Yeah, have a platform for lesser known writers, not just ourselves, but the people who submit to magazines and get, they don't have the name recognition, so they get overlooked. And maybe whoever's on the editor for that magazine, they read the first paragraph and judge off of that and they don't go any and, further. And you never know, like, we were talking about, like, the networking. There might be somebody we let you know we post one of their stories and then they go on and maybe they get work at a magazine or something and they're like you know the editor is like hey do you know anybody that you know that can do the story name he might refer like one of us or something or like you know what i mean that's kind of well i found the audience for my personal stories on the site have grown from writers that i've worked with on the site 
previously that we've published that I've talked to them just in emails and stuff, they send their audience my way. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they send them to our site just because they, you know, they, they mention me by name. So we get, I get a lot of views just from that alone. So my views have gotten, um, pretty steady on everything I publish just from that. So if you can get in a magazine, like even a small publication like ours, just having that platform to show is usually more than enough just to get you that at least the very smallest of followings that you can build upon. And there, you, we'll go into it a little later, but blogging's another way to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. That's the next one. Number three, start a blog. Yeah, if you uh, get into blogging, it's definitely a lot more personal because you're the one controlling it. You're doing everything. You're relying on yourself, so you have to grow your own brand. But at the same time, like how we, we go through WordPress. Yeah. That's where our site's hosted from. Well, WordPress, anyone who uses it, anything we post pops up in that, uh, like, kind of, you know, that online catalog. Like, anyone who uses WordPress will see what we post. So that automatically gives you an audience. Whether they follow you or not depends on the quality of your work. But we have, we have a good bit of followers now. So if you can get your blog up to, like, as long as you're consistent and you post original, interesting content, you'll get followers. Yeah. Because there's people that only read blogs, and, I mean, that's fine, but they, they might not, even if you sold books, they might not buy it, but the fact that they're reading your blog or sharing your blog, that can have a tremendous impact on, say, your Twitter following, your Facebook following, even Instagram, anything where people who might be interested in what you do, they see that you're publishing stuff frequently, They'll follow you on all those platforms versus just WordPress. And also going kind of piggybacking on the uh, on blogging, self-publishing is another way to go, which yeah. I find is more prominent now than ever. Oh yeah, it's just well, the technology itself just makes it so much more easier than what. Could you imagine like even when we were in like high school? Could you imagine what it would have been like to try to self-publish something? Uh, be a major pain in the ass. I know Stephen King. I think in on writing talked about he had a like a newspaper slash magazine. Him yeah. and his brother did in their basement or something. I believe it was him. Yeah, and that was like a self published thing. They handed it out. Like, imagine how hard that would be. Not just the actual putting it together, which would be difficult too. I mean, not so much now, but back then. But just the fact that you're relying on handing them out to people individually, like that would fucking suck. Yeah. It's just the cost of everything is more expensive. The uh, being able to just write things more like you know, you know laptop like ten fifteen years ago like yeah that dog shit like <laughs> piece of garbage. Well, self publishing, we have authors now who make, and we're not even talking about mainstream authors that make no. six, maybe even seven figures. These are these are people that like, and not to like you know say anything against them, but like people you might not even hear of. Yeah, and but they're, they're still publishing, and they're making bank like enough bank that they can, you know, support themselves and do it full time. For instance, a lot of romance and sci fi authors that are indie authors, they're competing with bestseller type numbers um without having that market at all because they have no publishing house behind them they're doing everything themselves and here's the thing about self-publishing you if you do it right you're going to want to hire an editor which could be a couple grand for book yeah you have to um again this all goes to your skills if you're a direct graphic designer you have those abilities you won't have to do the covers or formatting but if you say for us 
if we just start at the basics, we don't, we're not good at graphic design, anything like that. So you hire an editor, you hire somebody to do your book cover, somebody to format your book, um, and then whatever uh, brand or whoever you're publishing it through, whatever company. So you're probably looking at three to five grand for a self-published book that's done professionally, but you get 100% of the profits. Yeah. Unless you have somebody do like the audio book version for you or something, like the reading, or you have a guest writer, you are netting 100% of the profits. If you work, like get published through a major publishing house, what is it, like 15%? If you're lucky, I think. You make fucking dick. Anymore, going through a traditional publisher... Other than the fact that you kind of avoid the stigma of, oh, he's a self-published author, somehow that people equate that to a less lesser quality. If you go through a mainstream publisher, that's like, other than that, well, there's no real reason. Well, I think a, a, a lot of it would have to do, too, just to kind of being able to kind of check that off the list of being able to have it to write a story that got like put out by like you know one of the main publishers penguin house or You're whatever some, yeah you know what i mean i think it's kind of like a a goal like you know what i mean not necessarily a necessity but a goal and do you i don't know like say like if you self-publish are you still able to get like on like if you sell enough can you still get on like the new york times bestseller or do you have to be an act you know published from one of the main i'm not sure there's a couple of things I've looked into in the uh, in the past. For instance, I always wondered: Can you win a Pulitzer? Can you submit your work to for a Pulitzer Prize if you're an indie author? You can, but it's never been done. I don't know if people submitted, but, but I, nobody's, nobody's won. won. Yeah. Um, again, that kind of goes with the the stigma because I feel there's more and more mainstream authors going the self publishing route now than there ever was before, too. Oh yeah, especially now, like if you. If you're already a known writer, it's great because you would hopefully have enough money banked up where you can spend like that five grand to get a book made. Oh, it'd be easy for and, them. And they already have the connections. And, and you have, yes, yeah, so you have the connections. So you might be able to will and deal a little bit of that stuff. Get the real and editors then, and everything. And then you got the fan base that, you know, like if, like if Stephen King wanted to self-publish something, that's not going to affect his sales Anyways, because a lot of his fans would go to, like, the end of the earth if that's what I was like, okay, you can only get it in store in Tahiti. I'm surprised. I guess I'm taking a trip to Tahiti then. I'm surprised he doesn't do something like that because he's had awful, awful transactions with his publishers and things like that. He's, um, he's been screwed over a lot, I remember, and a lot of famous authors complain about the publishing houses, uh, the contracts they get put into. Just fuck them. You get these book deals, and for us, we oh shit, a book deal like that seems like a something that'd be major. Like you, you'd make it if you got like a three, three, uh, three book deal or whatever. But once you get in one, as you realize you're not getting their bank, they're taking most of the money, and yeah. you still have to do all the promotion. What what's the what are they doing? Other than the fact that they distribute your book and you know they actually make the physical copies. Why and if you have to do all the marketing for the book, most of it, why the fuck do you need them? Well, the only other thing I could maybe think they could help with, and at this point, it's it's almost like a non-factor, but they might be able to help you get into actual like different bookstores. Well, that's what I'm saying. The distribution yeah. wise, because if you're a self-publisher, you have to do that yourself. A lot of self-published authors, they just go through Amazon. Yeah, which is fine, but well, this actually brings up another point. Like, Barnes & Noble has been failing for a long time now. 
one of the things they could have done to compete with Amazon and not uh, be doing as poorly as they are is if they brought in indie I authors. Think, I think I heard one of the guys from the uh, Dead Robots Society talking about that. It was like, a major topic for a while here because it, it makes sense. If they started, you're having trouble selling books because they're, they're expensive at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Well, why don't you bring in indie authors, have their work on the shelves? That kind of cuts out Amazon. Because yeah. that's what Amazon has going for it is the indie author market. That's what's really keeping them ahead of the game. Because no one else, you can't go to an independent bookstore and find indie work usually, unless it's like local. Now, whenever it comes to the self uh, publishing, like I don't know because I haven't, I never, I didn't get a chance to read the article. Do you go in to the differences between like self publishing, a um, like uh, when it comes to like in the actual book? Or to, the, like, just, like, a digital or, like, audio? I don't think I broke it down like that. Um, usually, if you're self-publishing, if you're real serious, you do all of it. Yeah, because, like, that's the one thing. Like, there's, like, these some writers, like, some of these, like, indie writers that I would like to check out. But it's, like, oh, you can only get it for, like, the Kindle or whatever. It's, like, I want... Yeah, the ebook. You I, want the physical book. Yeah, like, I want the actual book. Well, a lot of them do that because... It's cheap. F- oh, it's, yeah, it's a lot cheap. And, I mean... That would be probably something that, but that we doesn't, would have to do, too, for the most part. See, fun. but I don't think we would because it's go by print-on-demand. Yeah. So it's only printed. I mean, granted, there's a chunk of chains that gets taken off a of printing cost, but that's from the actual sell, you know, book sale itself. A lot. The reason a lot of indie authors don't try to branch out and get into bookstores is because most bookstores, even independent ones, require not just a certain amount of books that you can deliver, but take back. Yeah. So if they don't sell, you credit them, and that would just sink an indie author. Yeah, that's then, that's kind of the that's reason why publishing houses are still, you know, the top dog is because they can distribute five to ten thousand books and take back seven thousand that didn't sell and give the cost, you know, the money back to the the bookstore. You can't do that as an indie author. You'd oh. just go bankrupt. You wouldn't be able to write anymore. You'd be. You, I would feel so nervous about buying anything ever. Like, oh, I pay my cable bill, and then I get something from like the the local uh, books Samaritan, and they're like, "Oh, we need to give you back these twenty five books. Give oh. us some money." Like, oh my god, five hundred dollars out of your pocket. <laughs> that that would be terrible. That would be my nightmare. If I was. To go the indie route because I figured we do like a short story collection and stuff. We'll do that. Which we need. We we should. Uh, we need to get on that. I think. Oh, definitely. I we we actually have enough stories. We could probably take shit from the site and just put it into yeah. uh, you know a collection too. Because I I learned all about how to do everything. It's just uh, kind of a matter of time. Because we were trying to get the podcast off too. Yeah, yeah. This was a whole endeavor. But at least now we seems we got this into a nice kind of. Yeah, we got a good groove here. I mean, other than. You know, editing and putting up the podcast recording is not a problem. So this is pretty good. Managing time, not fucking around on the couch so much. That's yeah. kind of what I need to get better at. <laughs> well, that's like today I spent like maybe like an hour and a half, maybe almost close to two hours writing. But I could have probably spent like way more, three or four at least. There was so much that was off today. There was so there was so much like I and it wasn't even like I was doing anything productive like the last couple of my days off you know i might not have got a whole bunch of writing done but like i put like you know a couple hundred comic books away and got things straightened up and kind of and kind of fixed 
my writing area up a little bit more so it felt like I would still like accomplish anything. No, I just kind of like laid around. Like I didn't even like I have so many TV shows like I need caught up on. I, I didn't yeah. even do that. Like I was just just like kind of just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, that it sucks. Well, another reason too, I feel we didn't get the because uh, we had a short story um, project almost ready to go. We just had to finish a couple stories. But I think one of the main problems, which really isn't a problem at all, is we just improve dramatically since we first started, like, yeah. the site and everything. So the projects we had started, like, I'd go back and read the one story, oh. the long one. The story isn't awful, but the fucking writing is. And just to go back and rewrite, like, a 10,000-word story, that's murder for me. I just don't want to do it. And it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. I, I, a lot of this old stuff I just kind of gave up on, and I'm just going to move on and just... Do you, you know work do better work the only thing you maybe would do is like if if you'd not rewrite it but like if it's a like a premise or something you just might do be it save over. the premise and retool it for something else yeah that's that's a big that's a big to do but yeah self-publishing is a great way to go if you just want to especially if you want to get your name out there i've spoken to a lot of authors on twitter who that's all they do now they tried the traditional publishing route like, some of the writers that submitted to us, I've read their work, and it's quality work. I don't think it's a problem with their actual writing. It's just trying to get into one of these publishers. It's almost a thing of luck. Yeah, the luck of the draw. I mean, even, like, a guy like Stephen King. You can't tell me his first fucking how many stories weren't, weren't good enough to be published. It's just, what, he's, he was a no-name, so who would what, take a risk? What I wouldn't do to get a chance to read some of those, like... The stories that he talked about on writing where he had, like, a ring of where he would keep rejection letters. Yeah. To read those stories that got the rejection letters, I just, I'd love to just be able to check out, to go back in time and see what those were. To see if if there were any stories that he, that are famous for now, that he fixed or something, you know, reworked. There's no way, as long as he had the writing fundamentals down, that his first works weren't good enough to be in like some shitty pulp magazine because i've read some work in shitty pulp magazines and they're shitty <laughs> even now so i don't see how a guy like that can't we you know what just to even go back to like different literary magazines that i've read like that one i got from um barnes and noble a couple weeks ago i'm not gonna name it because i don't want to shit on it but like because it's a very quality magazine Every single story or poem in there I've read, I think is garbage. Yeah. Boring. Like, it's a lot of flash fiction, which is no good. A lot of short stories that just don't go anywhere. And a lot of poetry. Well, poetry suggestive, yeah. or, you know, for me. I don't, I can't really shit on poetry because it's not my wheelhouse. But short stories and flash fiction, I know what's good and what's not good. And the fact that these got published, I'm wondering what kind of clout these authors already had to get into the magazine. Cause there's no way they could be no names with that kind of work. I mean, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I just, I hate, <laughs> I hate, <laughs> but I, do. I do. I hate how I can read a major, li- like even um like the New Yorker or something. Sometimes I'll read a short story in there and I'm like, why is this not that good? <laughs> this should be better. Who, what editor passed this? I mean, I get that the author is famous, but is that your only qualification for being in here is people know you? I mean, I know it looks good on the fucking cover to say, hey, you know, on the New Yorker, James Patterson has a short story in the New Yorker this month or whatever. 
but if it sucks, it sucks. I don't know why we it's I guess that's in all forms of pop culture anymore. If you have the name, you get away with like a Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. This motherfucker, at what point do people just stop stop caring? At what point are they just like, you can't be in movies anymore, dude? I think uh National Treasure 2. <laughs> I think that's when a lot of people were like, and he used to be so good. So good. It's a damn disappointment. But he got he got your Lovecraft movie coming out, right? I think he'll be good in that because it, he's going to be a nut job, right? I mean... I want to see overacting in H.P. Lovecraft. That goes together. Now, does he, like, I'm just, because I'm just picturing Wicker Man. The bees! Yeah! <laughs> The fish monsters! Oh my god, the fish monsters! His overacting is great, though. Oh, yeah. But it's just it's just what movie it's in. If it's a serious movie, no. Number one. Join a writing group. Or a writing community, if you will. This does a few things. We've talked about probably way too much in the past already, which isn't that long ago. But to join a writing group, I mean, we could go over, like, the critiques... That helps build, you know, just taking criticism from your fellow writers helps you improve. But I'm actually going to go towards the networking aspect of this. When you join a writing group, whatever writers you're in there with, you befriend them. You guys all share your work. Well, say one of your writers in your group starts to make a bigger name for themselves than everyone else in the group. As long as he's not a fucking, he or she's not a total dick. And you're not a dick. Yeah. They might, one, be able to help you with your work, but two... They start getting, you know, befriending different editors and um, editors and chiefs at different magazines. They can bring you in, maybe, or recommend you, or you say you have a short story, but like you know, hey, peer, this guy, peer, works, yeah, this guy works for cheap, yeah. Well, like you can have a magazine or, or a story you're submitting to a magazine, like yeah, you know, reviewed from and say the name of the person that was involved in your short story. People might take it a little more seriously. Not that you necessarily want to name drop. But sometimes you do. And it's helpful. It's it's another tool. And Some, sometimes it is who you know. Usually it's who you know. Guaranteed, if you're an adequate writer, one of your family friends is the fucking main editor, like Scribner or something, you're getting a book published. Yeah. If you're really serious about getting a book published, because you know that guy, he'll pull some strings for you. Yeah. I mean, and it's just not even in writing. It's in everything. It. In any in any job, it's who you know. Like when that dickhole that doesn't do anything gets the raise and the promotion, and you get stuck doing the same thing. It's just because he fucking knew somebody, or he was a brown nose, or whatever it is. Like you know. Well, I'm gonna say my job now. I got into it because I knew somebody that worked there. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of the. And that person doesn't even work there anymore. Yeah. Why well, I didn't tell you? I um, you know, the language app I use on my phone to learn Spanish and Japanese, yeah. Duolingo. I found out they're based out of Pittsburgh, and they were hiring for a product writer. So I applied there. That was like a week ago. I haven't heard anything back yet, but I was actually qualified for it for a change. They did. What's a like? What would you have to write about? Like, what's a- it's for the the English version of Duolingo. So I would just be making like the sentences and stuff, oh. and doing blog posts and their social media posts and things like that, which would be fucking cool because they have. Not to go into anything people don't care about, but, you know, I, dental, full health care, yeah. like, three or four weeks off from vacation. Just, they not, have a gym in the fucking building, that, like, a company gym, free would you, parking. Would you, would you have to go there to do it, or do you, can you just do it here? No, nah, you got to go there, but that would be fine because yeah. they have free transportation. 
Uh, they give you a card or something, and they have free lunch every day, Ooh. like catered lunch. So that would be really cool. And you could learn your Spanish and Japanese. I know. I could keep doing it. Well, that's the thing. I, I love their product. Maybe Duolingo will be a sponsor one day of yeah, the Drunk yeah. Pen Writing Podcast. That'd be great. Uh, but not that they're you know an actual sponsor of ours, but that's actually a product I really enjoy. I use it every single day, and to work there would be awesome. It's a long shot because I've never worked for a software company, but if I could get in, that would be pretty yeah, that'd, sweet. That'd be pretty cool. Plus, I would be making paper. Yeah, you don't have to deal with all the cold anymore. No, no cold, no drunks. Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. There's a lot of drunks. But anyway, I don't remember what the fuck I brought that topic up for. Um, we, who you know in the um, writing. Right. But if writing. I knew somebody who worked at that company, that would probably be an automatic in. Yeah, or at least a better shot, at least. Yeah, like if I was friends with one of the developers or something, they could say, hey, you know, Caleb's a writer. How about you, you know, pick him up? But that's about all we have on this topic, I think. I mean, it was a pretty short list, surprisingly. Yeah. Five ways to start your writing career like a professional. Do you have any closing remarks? Um, just that, uh, I think those are all ex- excellent points and things that you should try to... I would say if you want to make it in the writing <laughs> business, the main things you must do, must do, stay consistent. Yes. Which means put out, not just write consistently, but put out work consistently, weekly, daily, whatever you can manage... But the more work you put out, the more your name will grow, and the better uh, better chance you'll have of getting published by a, a mainstream publisher when the time comes. Because if they look at your Twitter following or Facebook or whatever and see you have hundreds of thousands of followers, and maybe even if you were a self-published author, that gives them a book they can read. Yeah. So stay consistent. Here's something I always recommend. That sucks ass. Do the boring stuff. Yeah. You have to learn how to do the shitty parts, like we talked about editing on the previous episode. So just going over editing or learning the rules, that stuff sucks. Or like people just want to write the story and be done with it. Yeah, it's not all fun, you know. About you know writing the story about the guy fighting the dragon with the big sword. You have to do the promoting. You have to do all the legwork. You have to do everything, and it's terrible. But to build up your following. You, you have to do these small things. The fucking, there's that goddamn Apache helicopter again. <laughs> Having flashbacks in the name. Oh. <laughs> there's Charlie's everywhere. God damn it. I just see Willem Dafoe's over there getting shot up. Why has got to be Willem Dafoe? Because isn't that him in the, in the, in the Platoon movie? Isn't that him that's I like the... Uh, he's just getting like riddled with... I've seen about 27 Vietnam era movies, but I've never seen Platoon. I watched Apocalypse Now recently. Yeah. Marlon Brando, fucking crazy as shit. <laughs> and uh, Martin Sheen, uh, just drunk and actually injuring himself on camera. That was a crazy movie. Didn't that take forever to make? Probably. <sighs> well, that's all we have to wrap about this topic. We wanted to keep this episode a little shorter. We try to do short episodes, and we still usually go about 45 minutes, that's which isn't good, bad. That's a good pace. I but mean. we're hitting an hour and a half for some of them for a while, so... Try to shorten those a little bit. Well, I think it all depends on the subject matter of the topic, too. Some things garnish more time than, that, than others. Right. You just don't want to hear us ramble and ramble and ramble for no reason. Mm, unless you do. Some of our rambles are good. But if you folks have any ideas for podcast episodes or topics that you would like us to talk about, 
You can email us at drunkenpenwriting at gmail.com. You can message us or hit us up on Twitter at drunkpenwriting. And you can always go to the website, drunkenpenwriting.com. And you can hit us up on Facebook because we can kind of fuck around there too. And that's about it. So, Okinawa Orgy Organizer. Any last words? No, I don't think we got it. <laughs> I just want to say that again. <laughs> I just want, it seems right. like a tongue twister, but I could say it pretty good. Open with it and close with it. <laughs> right? That's better than the Armenian ass astronomer <laughs> that we had the one last episode. That did. That was, that was an ordeal to get through that. You folks have a wonderful good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it may be. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.